welcome to The Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today's episode is just a little bit different. Earlier in 2021, we had the opportunity to catch up with Jess Kremitis from Hartranft Lighting Design live at Lightfair. That's right, on the show floor. In case you forgot, lighting's biggest trade show in North America it's back. We were on the show floor. We were in the designery. It was fun. There were people sitting around and we got to catch up with Jess a little bit about her experience when she was overseas at Lights in Allingsauce. Jess has a world of design experience and she's also extremely passionate about giving back to the community and furthering what light can do for humanity overall. Enjoy this conversation. Let us know what you think. It's kind of fun when we get to do podcasts live. Hopefully the next time we do this, you'll be sitting in the audience too and we can do a Q&A afterwards. Enjoy. So with that, I'd like to introduce Jess Kermitas. She's from Hartranf Lighting Design. She's a senior designer there based out of the Washington, D.C. area. And, oh yeah, round of applause for Jess. <laughs> and there's two really exciting things that we have to talk about today. Obviously, you have a big part in what's going on here at Light Ferry. You've been able to help mm-hmm. them figure some stuff out. And then you also recently came back from an amazing trip on the other side of the ocean at Lights and Allingsauce. Before we get into all that, tell everybody who's Jess and how did you get your start in lighting? I got my starting, uh, I did theater lighting in my undergrad. And then um, I was trying to think of that last night before this and it was like, we did this one trip I was part of my creating a career class in our senior year at my undergrad college. And we went and toured a museum, the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, the best museum in the world. We toured around and we were led by the project manager of museums uh, experiences and the exhibits. And I looked up and I was like, those are source fours. Those are wash lights. Those are things that I use in theater. And I was like, oh my God, I can, I could do this. Like this is a, this is a job. Yeah. And so I kept the museum design as like a North Star of like what to aspire to mm-hmm. and what I wanted the end goal to be. And it was it was hard. Yeah. Grad- <laughs> graduating undergrad in 2009 is not uh, not a great time. No, that was a tough time. It was a tough time. And and so and make trying to make the theater design work. And I did storefront for regional theater. I did shows in New York and Chicago area and some regional theaters across the country. And then it took me to grad school and I was like, you know what, if I'm going to really do this, I'm going to use my education. And then so started working and met Stephen Rosen at Available Light. And then I fell in love with architectural lighting. And when you had that opportunity to kind of say, oh my gosh, this is real, this is a career, this is something that I can do. Was there a certain moment or time where you all of a sudden realized like that was it, that was your thing? Did you feel comfortable the day you walked in? I mean, so many people come into the architectural lighting world with so many maybe different intentions. Uh, Barbara Horton always says she, as well as many other people, are an accidental tourist in this (laughs) industry. It's my favorite term ever. You come for, you know, the pretty lights and the show you stay for the rest of your life. When did you know that this is something that you could really sink your teeth into? Honestly, I think it was the first aim and focus like during my internship at Available Light. Ted, Ted's not here anymore, but <laughs> Ted was here and we were talking. But we went to this onsite where we focused lights on these mountain goats and created this whole sunrise to sunset scene of this private collection of stuffed mountain goats. And it was like... <laughs> And it was just like, it was just like theater. It was the joy of theater without a lot of the headaches and pitfalls of it. And 
it was just amazing that you could create this full-size diorama. Sometimes we make small-size dioramas and like those, but it was exciting to still do the world and like the immersive experience of theater, but do it for a museum and do it permanent. So it's not just a show that I'm doing for six weeks or whatever, and then it shuts down, or it maybe gets extended, maybe it doesn't, you know. It's permanent. And I that, can bring family and friends to. And that permanency was something that you really enjoyed. Something yeah. Something you felt like you could dive into. When you think about permanency, there's a, a lot that goes on in our industry. Let's talk about Lightfair. This is something that's permanent. <laughs> this is something that's been in this industry forever. I promise we're gonna come back to the design conversation but I've got to talk about it. We're sitting here at yes, the designery. There are people all over this place. Some of them are waving at us. Some are having casual conversations. <laughs> Some of them are literally looking at lights in booths. I mean, I think I could sit here and just one, two, three, four. Yeah, there's eight, 10 more people in the door, just like that. Yeah. It's back. What is it like to be here, to be around your peers, to be around this industry and have this experience for the first time in almost two and a half years? Oh, it feels so nice. I, love, I mean, I saw you guys the first day. I ran into you guys, like, in the yeah, expo, right like, the there. hall. Right in the and expo And it was hall. just, like, even though I'm only seeing people's eyes, and I have to be like, oh, wait, is that who I think it is? Yeah. It's so, it's really great. I've missed this. And I volunteer a lot for IALD, and so it's really nice to kind of be here with everybody and knowing that it was going to happen, you know. Because mm -hmm. I was on, on the content advisory committee for Correct. 2000. 21 and 2022, so I'll be it for Vegas too. But it was like a point of, is this going to happen? Why are we, you know, we're doing all this work, we're creating this, this, these sessions, we're trying to create this really great conference. Will it happen? All this and, in this overarching cloud was just yes, like, we're doing yeah. all this work. We don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, for all of these meetings, we had to do remote. So it's like we're on Zoom and then we debate because there's a whole process of like, everybody submits their abstracts or their presentations, mm -hmm. and then it gets split up between all of us and we get like smaller groups to each read them and then we score them and then we debate them. And having that remote was rough, like not seeing people's faces and, and hearing correct like intonations and what people were actually thinking or wanted. So that was a little hard, but then we did have the one for Vegas. We did have it in July. So it was, it was so much better <laughs> to awesome. be in person. And we were very far apart and we couldn't, you know, we weren't as close as we would be usually, but it was nice to be able to know the sessions that we wanted for next year, but all together as a group and have a group dynamic is very hard over Zoom. And obviously there's a lot that goes into this trade show. You know, there's planning, there's all the vendors, there's all the booths, there's all the people, there's all the content, there's all the education that goes into it. When you think about where we're at in 2021 and you look to Vegas next year, there's a huge sign here yeah. in New York City <laughs> that says, see you in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada next year. Like, it's almost like we're here to celebrate that Light Fair is also happening to begin next year. Yeah. There's so much buzz around it. What does it mean to you to know that this show is still here, that there's still an opportunity for people to come, connect, create, and get to know each other more? I mean, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, it's like when... You know, when COVID was happening, it was just like, God, that sucks. I don't get to see my yeah. lighting friends. But they'll be there. They'll be there later. <laughs> but it's been really nice even, yeah, this morning, just seeing a bunch of people and getting to run into them. But yeah, I do miss all of our international friends um, because a lot of people have had to drop out because of just thinking that they were going to be able to get on the plane and then they weren't able to get on the plane. It's, it's really 
it's sad, but it, you know, it will be next year. So I'm hoping we can push some of those. I think you sum it up best when you say it sucks. Yeah. And that's, there's no, there's no, yeah. there's no other way around it. This has been a really hard time. And I feel like the can isn't exploding here in New York City this week. We're just opening a backup as a community and everybody's just really refreshed. Everybody's really excited to not only see people they know, but meet new people. Speaking of meeting new people, we're going back to lighting now. You had the chance <laughs> to meet a whole group of new people. And this was in an experience called Lights and Alling Sauce, yeah. which is over on the other side of the, of the pond. Did you practice that? I did not practice Alling okay, Sauce. Good. But I have looked it up. I cannot spell Alling sauce. I know it starts with an A and ends with an S, and that's about it. (laughs) But I know that it's a beautiful town, and I can only imagine what it was like in terms of an experience when you got to go over there with your passion that originated in the theater. Now you have this architectural background, and you really understand what it means to collaborate and install something that may be permanent or may not be permanent. Oh, it's just for for the festival, yeah. but, but yeah. But for the sake of the festival... The festival is very permanent, and this becomes a, a massive tourist attraction when people aren't actually sitting at home due to COVID. What was it like to get selected to go all in sauce, to fly over there? Tell us a little bit about that process and how you got involved in it. So I was selected in, I think, January or February 2020. A very optimistic time. A very optimistic time, yeah. <laughs> the world was on fire, no pun intended. Yeah. And so the usual year is that we would visit, we'd all, all the workshop heads. So there was, yes, seven of us. So got to fly to Allen Sauce, walk the town, walk the route and like experience the city for, you know, a handful of days on our own. And then we buy for our sites. We like fight and we kind of like debate of like who gets what site. Wait a second. So we, we got to paint this picture here real quick, I, right? Yeah. Alling Sauce is a town. Mm-hmm. How many people normally live there? I can't, ooh, they would have given, I think it's like, ooh, it's I can't remember. tiny. Yeah, I think it's like 30,000 or something. There's 30,000 people on Alling Sauce. There's an opportunity to bring 300,000 people in there and create a tourist attraction out of mm-hmm. literally lighting the street. But you guys had to fight for your spot? <laughs> maybe, fight, maybe fight is the wrong word. It was more like you kind of had to, you had to buy for yours. You had your preferences and you listed your preferences and then there was an open forum in which to... Say why you wanted why you, it and why, why you, you deserved it. Yeah. And why you deserved it. Yeah, yeah. So what happened with your first choice? Did you get it? Oh, I got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. How'd you get your first choice? Nobody else wanted it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. Uh, my site had all water. It was Bruins Parking. And it was um, just full of water and dampness. And you had, there was two islands in the middle of the pond. And so you had to take a boat to each island and okay. back. And so, yeah, I think that everybody else was very smart and wise and been like, that, that looks really difficult. I don't want to be wet and uh, damp and try to get through those, that water and get a boat to everything. Now, electricity so. and water, uh, you know, as we know, work very well together, so long yeah. as they're never around each other. Putting <laughs> electricity and water in the same space, I would assume, created its own set of challenges. Yeah. What was your vision for lighting up that space? Um, well, I will say just as far as the technical wise, yeah. the team of Lights and Allen Sauce have been doing this for like 21, 22 years now. They know what they're doing. They have all of the exterior rated. They know exactly what you can and can't do. And they'll tell you or they'll be like, oh, 
I think that you should explore that this option. <laughs> so they will make lovely suggestions because they've been doing this for a while and they're really good at it. And they have it so designed, like the whole experience to be safe and because <laughs> you're safe because you also have to be safe for the students mm -hmm. and they have to learn. And so the exterior, the technical part was not the problem because the team was, there were rock stars. So, <laughs> but. How many people did you have? Like how many people are on a team per designer Break down what the logistics of how many people are, are brought in to transform this town for a couple weeks. So it's, um, it's the seven workshop heads, uh, and they had, we had six sites. So a lot of, there was a team of two, and the rest of us were on our own. And then we'd have students, student designers. And so this year, um, they were from grad students from KTH in Stockholm okay. and JTH, which was the undergrad that's, uh, I think it's like an hour or so north of Stockholm. Got it. So you kind of, they were all students from Sweden so that we could sort of like contain. Contain and be, everybody from the sense And be a little safe. Yeah, be safer. From a COVID sense. Exactly. And so this, so this year it was a little compromised because usually it's students from all over the world that, that vie for these, but the KTH and JTH were very lucky and they kind of just had it, it was made a part of their program. Yep. And then you also have the student electricians um, from the town of Allen Sauce, from Allen Sauce Energy. Wow. And so my team had eight design students mm -hmm. and four student electricians. So the student electricians helped with running the cable and got to learn about control and DMX, which they had never known what that was before. But and then the designers, so we got to come up with a concept and uh, design, and then we did testing, and then programmed. And, and once you have your team, you have everything designed, you have all your testing done, you get glimpses of it. You yeah. kind of see it happen. It sounds like you're in a boat, you're moving around a lake, <laughs> trying to figure all this stuff out. You're trying to say, let's make water look beautiful, cool, and good. Yeah. What happens for the first time when you see everything, and it's there, and it's done, and nobody's working on it anymore? How did you feel? Tired. It was like 4 a.m. But no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair, no, no, a fair assessment. <laughs> but, um, well, I think it was like our first testing night. I think it finally clicked because the students were like, what are we doing? This, this American's crazy. Why is she making us do this? And then they, I think they saw our ideas. Like all of the trees were kind of lit up or at least the ones in the islands because we made sure to kind of do the islands first. Mm -hmm. And so they lit up. And then we all like laid on the dock and looked up and it was a foggy but clear night. And the lights looked like northern lights. It was gorgeous. It was, and they, then they all like took pictures and like shared it on social media. And they were like, I think then it like clicked and they're like, okay, we got our concept. Let's like, let's go. What was it like for you to see them get it? Was there an energy that you didn't expect to see that all of a sudden showed up? Like yeah, it was an excited energy that like, I, I don't, yeah. It, I mean, it probably happens every year, but you know, for them, the students this year kind of, I mean, they didn't have the choice. Like they weren't like, you know, like buying for everything. They, you know, they did it. So it was so wonderful because some of them had done, a lot of them, the, all the undergrads, they had like three years of lighting. So they like kind of knew it. And then the grad students were a little bit newer just to lighting. So seeing them all working together. And I think that they were a lot on technical and they all had technical brains. And then to see them see their design and see all of our collective ideas just like up in the air was so wonderful. I've got to imagine there's an opportunity there for you to teach, right? To mentor, to, to share your passion with other people. 
to get them excited about what it is you're excited about. When you, when you kind of take a step back and you look at your time over in Alling Sauce, the opportunity that it gave you was obviously, I can only imagine, fun for you. But what was that opportunity like in terms of maybe being challenged and having the opportunity to learn as a leader yeah. and, and, and grow? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I was challenged every single day. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was the most intense project management that you could ever think of ever doing. Because you were in charge of the students, keep making sure that their design was protected and that they were always thinking about design first and technical later. But you also had to be the safety foreman. <laughs> you had to be showing the electricians about data and control. And that was hard and like running and you had to, it was just, it was so many things that you had to be pushed and pulled. And also making sure they ate and were healthy and <laughs> happy. <laughs> I mean, you were there, you were their fearless leader. Yes. To get, to get all of this done. When you think about that in that daily challenge and grind, how do you feel like that translates back into your world here in the United States and your design practice, doing what you're doing today uh, and, and working with your team and all your clients? Uh, I mean, everything's a breeze now. Right. It was like, oh, okay, I can, <laughs> if, if I was had that many people on my team trying to delegate, I think that I can delegate me between me and my two team members, you know? Yep. And then also knowing that, yeah, anything on site is not gonna be near as challenging as what it was. Mm -hmm outside in Sweden in September, October. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Sweden's a pretty beautiful time that time of year, uh, but it's getting cold fast. Yep, I and mean, they gave us our our little parkas. They gave you parkas. Yeah. Which do you have a, do you have a sweet branded like Alling Sauce Patagonia you can wear forever? It's not a Patagonia, it's not, but it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. It was really nice. It's probably some Swedish brand that I've never heard of that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I also had like a safety vest that now I wear that on site and I'm like, yes. Oh, I'm international lighting designer. I, yeah. I worked in Sweden. If an, very... you, have, you have some Alling Sauce <laughs> PPE to keep you safe. Yes. What, when you, when you look at Alling Sauce, when you kind of think about what it does in terms of the power of light, it's bringing people together. It's creating an opportunity, obviously for a town to bring people to the town. But as a designer, what would you share with the rest of the design community? in terms of either putting it on the bucket list to be a part oh, of or make a pilgrim sure. pilgrimage to, and what is it that you really think it does for us as a lighting community? I mean, it's definitely it was a bucket list item and I feel like any major designer in the world, lighting designer knows about it and should <laughs> do it whenever they can. I don't, it was just so nice to be able to to talk and speak with international lighting designers. I mean, we see people at Light and Build and, and in Light in Europe, but it's nothing next to actually living and like talking through problems and like brainstorming at the end of the day, like, oh, I had, I, you know, we, we came into this problem, what do we do? It was, I, I would never have had that opportunity being limited to the United States, you know? And so my workshop heads were from Switzerland slash Argentina and Sweden and Mexico, India, Netherlands, Spain, and then I had another American with me as well. And so just that camaraderie was also amazing. And, you know, I just... It's a set of diverse opinions. It's like yeah. people from different backgrounds culturally, in terms of how they work, how they project manage, what their clients ask of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, lighting design is the essence of illuminating an environment, whether it's interior or exterior. Right. putting all of that together. You think about the fact that a town says, 
we'll take people from all over the world to learn a little bit more about this. When you, when you think about that town, what would it be like if there was a town in just every state in the United States that did that every year? We should start it. We should start it. <laughs> should we call it Lights and Alling Sauce Kansas? Lights and Alling Sauce New York? Lights, like, or just do we have, or do we have, yeah, should we go name, rename towns after Alling Sauce? What do you, what do you think we should do? No, we can't, we can't directly rip off of them. It has to be a slightly, uh, slightly different, but you can't, but you know, the United States can't offer one amazing thing that Sweden has, and that's fika, which is an afternoon coffee and pastry. It, what, it cannot compare. What time do you have fika? Uh, between three to 5 p.m. Okay. It is, it's a cultural touchstone, and Island Sauce is actually the capital of Fika. No way. Yes. So was that a requirement? Was that a suggestion? Mandatory. It is mandatory. Mandatory. Yeah, like, welcome to um, Island Sauce. We're having Just Fika. here is a cinnamon bun that has pure sugar right on top of it. It's wonderful. I, I'm not going to lie. Sweets are my thing. That sounds absolutely amazing. Sounds coffee out. is my thing, so it was like... It was wonderful. In sweets and coffee, nothing gets you jacked up to be a lighting designer till 4 a.m. than fika in the afternoons, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, that one night, yes. Yeah, that, just that, you're only up till 4 a.m. one night. That's it. Yeah. That, no, I You didn't I tried sleep to on the dock every single night? Oh, I would if they let me, but. Okay. No. They asked you to come home. <laughs> I think for the sake of the students, we needed to be, we needed some sleep. The power of light is real. Right? It's something that you've seen in, be impacted in the theater, in your professional work as an architectural lighting designer. You've not had the chance to see it happen around the world, so to speak, in Sweden. It wasn't necessarily a huge tourist attraction this year, but this is something that normally brings a bunch of people mm -hmm. to an opportunity to truly just be immersed. It's like going to Las Vegas and standing in front of the Bellagio fountains all night, right? <laughs> it's like being in New York City and standing down at the 9-11 Memorial as you know, the 60-foot waterfall falls into that pit. And it's so beautifully illuminated. It captivates you, yet you don't know what it, but it, it is that's doing it. But it's it. also different every year because you get different workshop heads and different designers and students that are all collaborating. Do you, I would love to go every year. Yeah. What do you think we can do as a, an industry in North America to take that concept of alling sauce and, and legitimately start it? I mean, obviously, we're not going to light up one town in every state, but... On this stage today, there's no reason we can't say, let's give it a shot, let's try and do it. Do we have to pick somebody's backyard? <laughs> well, yeah, I think that you'd have to have a town that is just so magical and lovely and wonderful and wants this to be a part of it, because that's the thing, is just Alan Sauce is like no other, is the most gorgeous, magical town. We probably don't have a town as old as Alan Sauce. Yes, that's true, the age is not. <laughs> but maybe what we ought to do is we ought to look at a map of the country, and like do a Google search for anything less than 50,000 people. And then I'm thinking we should come up with some other like obscure but entertaining requirements. Like, <laughs> do you have any traditional happy hours? Or, you know, what's, what's the community do on a Friday night? No, I can't. That's not motivating though. Like, <laughs> if you have a happy hour, you're not going to be able to stay up. That's why the fika is essential. All right, so we'll skip happy hour okay. and we'll look for something like fika. But I think what we could do is we could try and find a town, we could find a city, or maybe just uh, an event like Lightfair. Yeah. 
Well, and we could adopt it and let it travel around with something else that our industry does. I would say when I was in um, Boston and I was the IALD New England coordinator, we did have water fire every year, which What's they, water fire? Oh, it's wonderful. Did you go to that? It's this weird thing. So there's this beautiful little, the Venice of New England is Providence. And so it has this wonderful little tiny river that runs through Providence, Rhode Island. And so they have little pits of, and they set it on fire. And so it's, it's on the river. And so it's the most, it's so weird. It, it's so simple, a simple idea of just fire and seeing light, but it's water fire, you know? Yeah, I get and it. And people are in boats and people from all over the area come. It's, the smell is wonderful. It's the smell of wood fires. A good wood fire is yeah. always a nice smell. It's like that campfire. I mean, as humans, we were drawn to want to be around a campfire, right? It brings us together. All right, so we need, we need an event that brings us together, something that gets people excited about lighting, and, and in a town that is, uh, I'll let you be the judge, magical. <laughs> yep. Does that sound good? Yeah, and you have to have a, an amazing staff of dedicated people that really love the festival and want to see it well. And you have to have an amazing sound designer. Okay. Like we did with Sebastian. What did the sound designer do for you guys? Um, I mean, we had brief conversations and then he came back with this gorgeous soundscape. You just give him your ideas and you kind of back, bounce back and forth and then the sound like really sold it. Because lights without sound. I mean, a, multi, fine, but. A, a multi-sensory experience is exactly. the most powerful experience. Mm -hmm. It's funny you mention that because like we're humans and we have five senses. I don't think I ever stopped to think about the fact that I get more excited when I'm being stimulated by multiple senses at once. When you think about light, when you think about sound, when you think about alling sauce, and you look at uh, where you get to go from here, you get, we get to emerge from a pandemic, you get an opportunity to immerse yourself back into the world to work with client projects and everything else. What's the one thing that you feel like Alang Sass has not only given you, but challenged you to do in your career as you move forward? I think it has reinvigorated a passion. Certainly, I mean, it was definitely after the past year and a half, going on two years, being that immersed in light and art was just a breath of fresh air and just really reinvigorated a passion for lighting that didn't, didn't subside necessarily, but was definitely like, if I have to do one more multi-resident family, I swear to God, you know. It's just not going to work out. Yeah. So. It's tough. I've heard it two ways, mental health and mental fitness. I think they're both very accurate, accurate terms in the world right now. It's something that we've all been tested with. And being reinvigorated with experiences like this is super awesome. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit with me about your experience. Thank you for being here at Lightfair and supporting Lightfair and everything that they're doing to try and bring the community back together. If anybody has any questions, they want to talk to you a little bit more about your experience in Alling Sauce, maybe how they can get involved or how they can go and experience it for themselves. What's the best way that someone can get in touch with you? Probably just email me or I'm on Instagram. Instagram's a good place. What's your Instagram yep. handle? <laughs> J Kremitis. J K-R-O-M-E-T-I-S. There you go. Jess, thank you so much. Have fun at Light Fair. Yeah. I'll see you around. I'll see you on the show floor over there. I'll see you on the show floor over there. And I'll see you on the show floor over there. Exactly. But not that back corner. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. See you. ya.
Hey, it's Sam. You know, we were really excited at Lida to be back at Light for this year. While the show wasn't nearly as big as it used to be, that's okay. Everybody knew it was going to be smaller, but it was still honestly a lot of fun. For everybody that stopped by to say hi and catch up, it really was so good to see you. Remember, in June this year, Light Fair is happening and it's back in Las Vegas, which means big lights, probably some big parties and some big opportunities to get together. So put it on your calendar because we'll be there and we're excited to see you. Thank you.